Hey everyone, we're the Girlish Podcast. My name is Gage. And I'm Jay. We're two trans women of color who wanted to start a conversation. We wanted to provide insight into the transition process through our own unique perspectives. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome back everyone to episode seven of our podcast. I am very excited to announce that today we'll be talking about surgeries, the very heavy topic of surgeries. Yes, very loaded question. Um, if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can follow us. Our at is at Girlish Podcast. Also, if you haven't been able to tell already, we got new microphones. So hopefully quality sounds a little bit better. I was telling Gage that we should turn into an ASMR podcast. I know. We could literally film ASMR videos for our YouTube channels if we wanted to. Yeah, the quality is great. And we're very excited because, you know, just having quality, being as professional as we can, it's really important to both of us. So, yeah, we want to give this podcast our all. We're really excited to kind of get deep with you guys because it's a very important, you know, thing for us to do. Yeah. And just like last week, we're going to start our podcast off with a question from one of our viewers slash listeners. Yeah. So um, I can start that off. And um, just before jumping in, I just wanted to say a thank you for all the support that we've been getting. Honestly, our Instagram has been flooded with amazing, amazing comments, amazing people. And I'm really, really happy. So yeah, we got this these questions right off of Instagram. So, yeah, so um, if you guys want to f- maybe be in a future episode of the podcast, please feel free to just follow us and, you know, um, just be, you know, contribute to whenever we, you know, ask some questions or leave a photo. We definitely want you on board. So that gets me going to the first question, which comes from an at. Their at is at Lazen Lazen. I think it's like like L A Z I I and like three N's or something. Anyways, but they had a, they asked a really good question. They asked, "Have you been jealous of someone else's surgery before?" Because we are talking about surgeries today, and I think this is a pretty important question to kind of have. Um, I think a lot of us can relate, a lot of trans women. But yeah, if you want to go first on answering this gauge, like it's pretty heavy. Um, uh, yes, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I have been jealous of people getting surgeries. I don't think it's like a bad type of jealous though. I think I talked about this topic a long time ago in my transition channel on YouTube. Um, Basically transitioning is hard and there are a lot of processes that you have to go through and it takes a long time. So when you see a trans person or another trans person, regardless of whatever step they are in their transition, it's very hard not to compare yourself to them. I did that a lot early on. Um, I did a lot of comparisons between me and transition people who have been transitioning for years. So it's like a natural thing to compare yourself to other people. And I have definitely found myself jealous. I don't necessarily think it comes from a malicious place though. Mostly it's just me being sad that it's not me and just having to I don't know. It's hard to explain it. No, I, I completely. I'm like stumbling no, on her. Yeah, like I get you though, because like I could also like stem from like a hopeful place where, because like for me, like how I met Gage in the first place is she was like I think she's like six months ahead of me or something in transition, and so I watched her YouTube videos and I looked up to her a lot because you know I was like just starting hormones and she had already been on them and it was really cool to see her process and like seeing what she went through and like knowing that one day I could have that. And so in my heart, like, I was like, oh, I, I can't wait to have that. So there was like this jealousness to it. But like, at the same time, you know, there it, it stems from like a, a ho- like a hopeful place where it's like, wow, like they they look great. I hope the same thing happens for me. And the same goes for surgeries. I'll see trans women on social media. And sometimes, you know, like I'll see a lot of them, they have breast augmentations or they've gotten FFS or bottom surgery or, you know, like any of those things that are like feminizing surgeries. And then I'll see them and I'm like, oh, like, I'm really happy for them. But like, you know, why can't I have that? A lot of times I'll like even feel like sad because like I know that like my my expenses and like, you know, just my how much money I, I bring in a year, like it definitely isn't enough to pay for surgeries. So then, you know, there's sometimes is that like doubtfulness or like that, 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 that part of me that like is happy for them. But it's also like, why not me? And like, there's that like, you know, why can't I have like 
you know, the money to get these surgeries? Why can't I be like, you know, have had a supportive like family or like friends around me that can have helped me get these surgeries? Like, and at the same time, like, I don't want to say that like, I'm like, I'm mad that these trans women are getting it or, or they're, they're being happy and they're living their lives. It's just really hard not to compare yourself to other people and not what, not want what other people have. So it's definitely something that I, that I think that I have to work through. But at the same time, like it, like I said, it does come from like a hopeful place where it's like one day I'll do this. Like at the end of the day, I, I'm like, I'm very hopeful and I'm excited and I'm like, yeah, like I can't wait to get surgeries. I can't wait to do this. Um, regardless. Yeah, that's of, a good yeah. way to put it. Like it's, it's definitely not, oh, I hate you because you're getting surgery. It's more like I'm happy for you, but I can't wait for this to eventually happen to me too. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think like at the end of the day, it doesn't come from, it doesn't stem from a hateful place, but I definitely think that um, jealousy is just, it's common and it's, it's natural, especially when, you know, you're early on in your transition or maybe you've been on your transition for a while. And like when dysphoria hits you, sometimes you want to do everything to like not be in your shoes or not be yourself. And sometimes it can get overwhelming and you do a lot to compare yourself to others, which can, it can be really difficult to like process and get through. Yeah. And that's just pretty much surgeries as a whole. Like we were saying, it's very, transitioning is a very long process and it's just, there are certain points where you feel like your progress is not going as fast as you would like. And then you see these people that are years ahead of you doing stuff that you can only imagine that you could do in the future because either you don't have the money to do it or you don't have the support system or you're just not in the mental place to go through all of these procedures. So it's definitely just part of the journey. And one day somebody will probably be looking at you the same way that you're looking at other people and wishing that one day that they will be in the spot that you're in. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's, it's a hopeful thing at the end. So, you know, just if you are feeling this and like, you know, you're going through some jealousy, which is, it's common. I wouldn't put too much weight on that feeling. I wouldn't, you know, like give it any time of the day. Just, just know that, you know, you're your own person at the end of the day. You like own your like own transition. You have the ability to do what you can in order to make yourself, you know, be improved. And if you want surgeries, if you want to do whatever you, you can, you know, to change or to make you more happy, more comfortable, then by all means do what you have to. But, you know, I wouldn't say jealousy is necessarily, you know, the best thing, but I think it's necessary in understanding what you want to do when it comes to your transition. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's pretty it's pretty common and it's pretty necessary and I think that's okay. I don't think we should shame it or feel bad about it. I just when it gets toxic and it can harm relationships, that's when you might have to worry about it. But if it's just like, a, "Oh, I wish I had that." and like, you know, keep scrolling or keep like going through and like just make sure you're not internalizing it. Make sure it's not causing too much like stress on you. If it is, then I would just recommend unplugging for a little bit, you know, just gaining, you know, more understanding of yourself, more mindfulness of who you are. And then, and then maybe try, you know, going through everything again, understand and be happy for others, be happy for what other people have. And then in return, hopefully life can hand you an amazing card and it probably will, you know? Yeah, everybody has a certain trajectory that their journey goes through, and it might not be your time now, but it definitely will come along the way. It might be years, months, you don't know, but it's going to happen. Yeah, you can never judge the same transition. No two transitions are the same. Everyone's pace is completely different. Everyone, What everyone wants out of their transition is completely different. I mean, it all it all just depends on like how you want to feel and, you know, how, how just life works out. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think there's some beauty behind it. We're all just different people and that's just how life is. Yeah. I just want to emphasize that before we deep dive into the topic for today, all trans people are different, just like all people in general are different. I think there is this misconception that just because we're trans, that means that we all want exactly the same thing. We want to look exactly the like the same and everything like that. Like we're good friends and we're pretty different. We like different things. We like similar things. So everything that we're talking about in this podcast regarding surgery is specific to how we personally feel and you might not feel that way. And that's perfectly fine too. Yeah. Your, your points of view might be completely different than, than ours. And like, you might not feel the same way about surgery 
as we do. But yeah, like, and you'll probably even see, like, when we get further into the, the conversation of about talking about, like, you know, future surgeries we potentially want to have, you might even see, like, differences in, in why we want them or what surgeries we want. So I wouldn't, like, you know, put pressure on any type of surgeries at all. But I think that might lead into the next question, right? Yeah. So the next question comes from Asil Asu on Instagram. Basically, they said, I'm scared to get SRS after reading the suicide slash depression statistics. Am I being unreasonable? What do you think about this question? That's a really good one. That one's like, that one's pretty heavy. Um, Yeah, because that's definitely something I wasn't aware of. Um, And I had, I had planned my uh, GRS, SRS, whatever you want to call it. I planned my bottom surgery um, and I was going to get it and I was ready to get it. And there was a trans girl that I had known. Um, she worked with me and she had brought up how the depression rates sometimes after getting surgery can be pretty high. And like, there's a lot of like, um, just there's a lot of anxiety and depression that comes from the surgery and can stem from it. And um, there's even been like suicide rates that have been higher because of surgery. And she said that. And like, I just had, was already worried about my surgery. I was already, I was already worried about getting it just because there's like, and I'll go further in depth and later in the episode. But yeah, when, when she um, brought it up, I was just like blown away. Cause I didn't, I didn't know that you would think that it'd be the opposite where, where trans people, um, you know, would be more confident and comfortable, you know, and like it would lower suicide rates. But I think it says a lot about more about the systemic issue of how people view trans people than surgery wise. And I think it says a lot with like how people perceive surgeries. And I think a lot of it can even probably stem from just the pressure that surgeries might have on a trans individual, where it's like, if you're trans, you you should get all these surgeries. If you're a trans woman, you need to get SRS, you need to get a breast augmentation, you need to get FFS. Sometimes it's glamorized online. So I think there's a pretty big systemic issue of like, of of the idea of what gender is and how to express it and a lot of times it comes of it comes off as concrete so it can be really difficult to maybe like you maybe you're a woman a trans woman and you like smaller breasts but because society is telling you you should have larger ones you go and, and get surgery or maybe you're a trans woman and you're comfortable with your your genitalia you're comfortable with what you have but society tells you to be a woman you need bottom surgery I think there's a lot of issues that come with like that and and understanding like, you know, yourself. And I think it also says a lot about the lack of like mental health providers and and how we treat like mental health and um, just in general. And I think that, you know, there's a lot that needs to be, you know, talked about. You might have a different opinion, but I, I think that, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of pressure on what transitioning, what the guidelines are. When there aren't any guidelines, people can do and and feel however they want to feel and it doesn't make them less valid in the transition um like personally i want like my surgeries there's certain surgeries i really want i would really want bottom surgery um and i know for a fact that it would make me happier um but obviously after getting that i want to make sure that i'm going through all the mental health counseling because i know the, the the process of you know my life is going to be changed and I have to take care of myself. It's gonna there's gonna be like a big 180 change of how I view certain things in my life, and so I think a big thing we need to like focus on is just mental health and being able to make sure that we see doctors or make sure that you know we are surrounded by supportive people who aren't going to put us down for making a decision that's so big. We want people to bring us up, and I think that's a big you know issue that probably revolves around it. Um, but I don't know, maybe you have a different. Yeah, I think for the most part, I agree with what you're saying. I definitely think a lot of it has to do with societal influence and believe it or not, there are a lot of trans people who are comfortable with their genitalia or maybe not like a hundred percent comfortable, but not to the point where they want to actually get surgery and change it. I think a lot of that influence comes with society telling us that we need to have a certain set of equipment downstairs in order to be a woman. And that forces a lot of trans people to get bottom surgery when they don't necessarily want it. And then after they get it is when they realize this actually wasn't something I really wanted for myself. It was more of something that I think 
I thought society wanted me to get. I thought it was going to help me better in getting relationships and getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend or all of that type of things. So I think society does have a lot of influence on a lot of the negativity and the aftermath of getting a surgery. Because like I said, everybody's different. And somebody who gets surgery might have only got it because they thought they needed it in order to be a true woman, which is not true in my opinion. Um, I also think it shows how big the surgery has an impact on your mental health. Like this is probably the biggest surgery that anybody could possibly get. It completely alters your body and changes it in ways that you will have to maintain for the rest of your life. And it's not all peachy as like you were saying, it's glamorized in the media. Like there's a lot of upkeep. There's a lot of procedures that you have to do after surgery in order to keep it that way because it might sound like kind of harsh, but this is not a surgery that is necessarily natural. And in order to keep things running smoothly, you have to do a lot of upkeep and it can be, I'm assuming, very emotionally draining and physically draining on people. So it's, I think, a combination of society pushing us to get certain surgeries because that's what we want. We want to be seen as a woman or a man in the eyes of everybody that's living in our society. But it's also just the magnitude of the surgery and all of the upkeep that you have to do in order to keep everything healthy. And yeah, we can definitely, I mean, I can go on and on about like this because, you know, whether it's like mental health being not as serious as it should be regarding, you know, the world, especially in the United States, whether it's healthcare and how it's not accessible to everybody. And sometimes these surgeries that are necessary for people's mental health can cost up to like 20000 30000 like hundreds of thousands of dollars after all of them. Like, and a lot of, you know, people, a lot of, you know, work insurances may not cover it. Like, I feel like, you know, a lot has changed and a lot has progressed, but there is like, especially in the United States, like such a hard time dealing with insurance and insurance costs. So like costs and being, knowing like, to change your life, to make you happy, you have to be in debt your entire life. It shouldn't be a double-edged sword. It shouldn't be something that that we we can't be allowed to get because money is an issue. If if we need it, if it's a necessity, then I think it should be accessible to all people. And so I, I definitely think that's probably a big reason why it's just the the cost is so like astronomical, and like the process of having to get surgery too. It's like it's so draining. Like I know when I was talking to surgeons, I haven't gotten bottom surgery yet. This is specifically for trans women, by the way, I'm talking about my perspective, but like the process of like getting it, you have to get, um, I have to, I had to get like three notes from three different psychiatrists, a note from my endocrinologist, all approving of me getting surgery and verifying that I have been on hormones for over a year then having to take it to my surgeon who will send it to the insurance company who will then decide if I'm good enough to be given the the pro, like given surgery and then the insurance company will send it back to the surgeon approve me and then the waiting lists are like years and years if you can find a surgeon that like wants to see you so the whole process is mentally draining and having to go through everything and then the upkeep afterwards it's like it's like a it's like a whole full-time job having to like maintain just your surgery aftercare before care there's also expensive expenses that goes into like laser hair removal with when it comes to like bottom surgeries maybe not all surgeons require it but a lot of times they do in laser hair removal electrolysis that can be another hefty price like it's not just that I'm going to go to the surgeon, get it, and then come home, and then I'm going to be okay, and then everything's all fine and dandy. Like, there's there's a lot of work that goes into taking care of this. So I can imagine why it'd be so hard on so many people. Yeah, the whole figuring out how to get surgery and covering the cost of it is very time-consuming. And like you were saying, it you have to go through so many different people in order to get actually approved to get a surgery. Like you have to go to a doctor, an endocrinologist, a therapist, all of them have to say that you're okay and you're ready. And then even after that, there's the fear that your insurance company won't even cover it because they think it's like an elective procedure rather than a necessity for your mental health. So it's just very draining. And there's a lot of things about it that are a lot 
more difficult than I think they should be or they need to be. Hopefully we end up going in a direction where we don't have to put trans people basically through an interrogation in order to give them the surgery that they decide that they want. But for now, it's definitely a headache to deal with. Yeah. And I understand the the precautions that come with like the whole system. But yeah, definitely there needs to be some type of better structure. So trans people, you know, like, I don't want, you know, like the price and the cost and all that should be the last thing on their mind when they're going through a major surgery that you have to be put under. So like, and then we're right after you're like given like all these like list by list steps of, you know, all this like upkeep and it, it can be really stressful. So I can 100% like, I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine like what it's like actually going through it. And, you know, those, those who have unfortunately um, have committed suicide or have gone through, you know, some traumatic, you know, depression or anxiety from the surgery. Like I, I can't imagine, you know, because you know, there is a lot to kind of deal with. Yeah. And the conversation that we're having right now is something that I doubt very many trans people experience or have somebody to talk to like this. And I know, I know for me, talking about surgeries that I want is kind of uncomfortable, especially on my YouTube channel or on social media or anything like that. How do you feel like, what do you think is the reason that we feel uncomfortable expressing that we want a certain surgery? I think I know my answer. I just wanted to hear your perspective on it. I think people have too many damn opinions exactly. about like, about like my body and what I, what I want to do with my body. So like, for example, I said that I was going to get bottom surgery and I announced it on my, my YouTube channel. I ended up falling through because I didn't have the expenses to stay in Miami for however many weeks to recover. And um, yeah, so I made a video about it and I, the amount of like emails and comments that I had from people telling me like, don't get the surgery, you know, like, like just like creepy, weird men telling me not to get the surgery or telling me I should do this or do that with my body. And it's just like so frustrating. Even if I like say that I want like FFS or something and then people telling me like, why do you need that? Like, you don't need this. And, and like people don't understand what it's like to be in my shoes, to feel the dysphoria that I'm feeling, the pain that I'm feeling. And it just frustrates me that there's so many opinions on what I can and can't do with my body. And I know this can apply to even cis women who are like right now going through like a bunch of the like abortion issues where there's a lot of opinions of people that have never been in your situation commenting, or even if they have been just commenting on stuff that, that just doesn't relate or correlate to them in any way. And me, you know, like having to go through the mental, you know, battle of like deciding whether or not I should share this, share this personal journey. It almost feels like my body doesn't belong to me anymore when I talk about it online. I I, honest, I for a second vowed to like never post anything about my transition surgeries on my YouTube channel because I just didn't want it to feel like my body didn't belong to me. It was really, really, really tough to kind of get over that mental like like knowing that like, you know, like these are just like comments. These are just people, you know, saying things, people you don't even know, they don't matter when it comes to like opinions, like what matters is how I feel and what I know is best for me. So yeah, definitely. I think people, they just, they, they like to input opinions where it just, it doesn't belong. Exactly. That's pretty much what I was thinking. I just think that if somebody wants a surgery, your only role is to say okay and let them do what they want to do because at the end of the day, it's their body. It's my body. I can do whatever I want with it. Um, the first time I said I wanted to get bottom surgery on my YouTube channel, just like you, I got like a bunch of weird ass old men or like weird guys telling me that I shouldn't get surgery and I should just keep what I have, which was very off-putting because I'm first of all, I'm not trying to appease any of them. I don't care what any of them think about me and I'm going to do what I want. And second of all, what gives somebody the mindset that they think that they can tell somebody whether or not they should get surgery? Like, what? We have no relationship together. I've never even met you. What makes you think that I care about your opinion on whether or not I should change a certain part of my body? 
that's what bothers me. And yeah. this is probably going to be really prevalent. Probably, that's not even a word. I'm <laughs> prevalent. <laughs> prevalent. This probably is going to be prevalent in the future, considering that I am going to be getting FFS like at the end of this year. Um, the first time I even mentioned that I wanted FFS, I got so many DMs and comments on YouTube videos of people telling me, you shouldn't get FFS. You already look so feminine. You you don't need it. You're wasting your money or something like that. And it just irritated me because I, first of all, I know that I show a certain side of me on the social media. I'm pretty sure everybody that has a social media following does this as well. Everything that we show is a representation of what we want people to see of us. And a lot of these people don't know that behind the scenes, behind the camera, I don't always look as good as I post on Instagram or look as good as I do in my YouTube videos because I don't always have professional lighting following me around everywhere and I don't have makeup on all the time. And it's those times where I am by myself looking in the mirror, analyzing what I look like completely natural that I realize I am not 100% happy with what I look like and I come to the terms that I want to change it. And I don't think anybody else should have any input over that, even if these people are people that are important in my life, like my boyfriend or my mom or my dad. I definitely care a lot more about what their opinions are. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that wants it. I'm going to be going under the knife. And that's the only person that really matters in determining whether or not I should get it. Yeah, I completely agree. It can be, um, it can just be really stressful. And then I think it hurts the most when it does come from people like close to you that like have an input on something that like, you know, they should know by now. Like I've had like close people in my life, close friends that are just like, you know, why would you do that? Or maybe ask too many questions regarding surgeries that are just inappropriate. And if, if I'm saying I'm getting surgery and, and I want to talk in depth about it with you, then I will make the first move to talk about it in depth with you. But it's not anyone else's business to ask more questions that I've, that I've, that I've given. So unless, you know, that person is comfortable with you in that way, or that trans person wants to talk about it with you in that way. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, let them come to you if, if they want to vent about, you know, the process or the specifics of everything. Because for me, a lot of times I just, I, I, I know everything that's going to, you know, all the pain, everything that's going to come with it. And I, you know, but I, I don't want to go into depth with people. I don't want people to know the ins and outs of everything. Because it almost, at the same time, like being so vocal about surgeries, it almost kind of, there because there's, there's, there is this like, this view on surgeries that are basically like, it's not natural or it can be like, um, you know, it's like, you're basically, I don't know, it's not who you really are. And that can be really frustrating and upsetting when people like just come up to you and they are like, when you're trying to explain surgeries and then it can almost feel because of that societal pressure that the surgery, you know, like like even after I get it, people aren't going to like understand or they're going to think I'm a freak because I got this or whatever. And so it can be frustrating when people close to you, you know, ask too many questions. And so unless, you know, it's like we come up to you and, you know, want to start talking about it, then I guess it's okay. But just, I think a lot of times we just need to, you know, keep to ourselves and let people discover what they want to discover, go through what they're going through and, and yeah, there's no one else's business, but their own. Never ask a trans person what surgeries they want. Never ask him, ask them what kind of surgeries uh, they're going to get. But yeah, with that being said, Gage, what surgeries do you want? I want... <laughs> oh, also, wait, wait, wait. Congratulations. You announced that you're getting um, FFS. I'm really happy. You, you told me this like a few weeks ago where you're like yeah. going to a consultation and stuff. And I'm just really fucking happy for you. And I know I shouldn't cuss on the podcast, but no, it's it's really cool just to know that like you're going to be going through that. And I don't know. I'm really excited for you. So with that being said. I haven't even like said it to my YouTube channel yet. So girlish listeners, you're getting the sneak peek that I'm getting FFS at the end of this year. Maybe. Maybe beginning of next year. I don't know. But I'm getting it. 
but you don't need FFS. You're just, you're already so pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think the next section we wanted to talk about was like the surgeries that we do plan on getting. I, I want to be as like, you know, as open as possible on this yeah. podcast. So yeah, um, if you don't mind sharing what surgeries. Um, so like I just said, I'm getting FFS and I am actually going to spill some tea that I have never told anybody really. So basically, if you know me or you've been following me for a while, you know that I have a particular hairstyle, which I have been trying to stray away from recently and like experiment different ways to wear my hair. But predominantly, I always flip my hair over to the right side of my face and cover literally half my face. Like you can't even see my eyeball. So like a lot of people have like jokingly called me a cyclops and that I only have one eye. And every time I show my real face, people are like, oh my God, I didn't know you had two eyes. So it's just like been a thing that's been going on ever since I started doing YouTube and Instagram and all of that stuff. But the reason I cover that side of my face, one kind of, I think it does look good. Like it looks good on me. But most importantly, I hate the right side of my face so much. I think I don't know. I I might be seeing it differently because I have like gender dysphoria and it alters the way that you see your face and your body and everything. But I feel like my right side and my left side look completely different. My eyebrow is not as arched. I feel like my eye is more hooded and my hairline is cut differently on my right side and I hate how it looks. So that's pretty much why I always cover that side of my face. And the reason I want to get FFS is because most of my insecurities revolve around like my forehead region. So everything from my eyes up is what I want to change. I don't plan on changing anything from the nose down, like my lips or my chin or my jaw or anything like that. I am just really insecure about my forehead, my hairline, my brow bone, all of that type of stuff. So that is why I cover half of my face. And I went to see a surgeon a couple of weeks ago, and he basically told me everything that I was thinking in my head, thinking of things that I wanted to get. Um, he said I didn't really have to change much, but everything that he did suggest to me was something that I feel like will be very beneficial to me in the future and will make me a lot more comfortable being out in public and showing just different sides of my face. Um, so that's basically why I want FFS. And I also want bottom surgery, which I am going to also be inquiring about very soon. Um, I don't know, like, I feel like people don't talk about this a lot, but consultations for these types of surgeries cost a lot of money. Like my FFS consultation was $250. So it's hard to go to these consultations when you have to think about the cost of not only providing money for the surgery, but you also have to pay for the consultation to even get in there to meet the doctor. So it's definitely a process, but I'm just really excited to be starting it, to get these two surgeries that I have wanted for a long time. And if you listened to last week's episode, we talked about transition guilt and guilt for how my boyfriend or how my family was going to see me for wanting these surgeries was definitely a big part of why I held off for so long. But now I'm taking charge of my own destiny and I'm putting myself first and I'm getting what I want because that's what I think will make me happy. Not to mention, I also have a really good insurance plan under my employer. So I definitely want to take advantage of that. Um, But yeah, I want FFS and bottom surgery. And also I want titties. Like that's a given. I have no boobs and I would like to have some bigger boobs, but that's definitely at the bottom of my list right now. Have you heard of the silicone plant implants that are illegal, but people still get them? Oh my God. Yes. I honestly, (laughs) I have like a lot of body dysphoria. So I was like, Hmm, maybe I should get pumped with some silicone and that will help me. But I don't know. I'm kind of scared. It seems like, I mean, I watched, was it, I think, Eden the Dolls video on it? Yes. I think it was her. Shout and out like, to Eden. I love her. Love same. You. If you're but... listening, probably not. But... <laughs> Call us. <laughs> um, but honestly, like, yeah, I think that was like a big, um, that was that was an interesting video that I didn't, had no idea 
could I could have been helped with or I could have that and then so it is illegal to do which it kind of it, it shows like the drastic me- measures that trans people will go to in order to look you know a way that they, they want to and although I don't it's not the safest way I I can never fault anyone for wanting something like that and I can never fault anyone for wanting any type of surgery it's cool to kind of hear the insight in like your your FFS and your consultation because I had a similar consultation when when it came to my my bottom surgery there i'm not gonna name who it is um the surgeon because i don't want him to do me dirty in the future if i do go to him um but i was going into i was going to miami for a for a bottom surgery consultation i think this one was covered by my insurance so i think i was able to if not it was probably like 100 bucks um to get the consultation but um yeah it can get pretty pricey so like if you don't have insurance, it can be really, really tough. And so I, I got to see him and uh, he, I was going in for just a bottom surgery because apparently he's the best in Florida. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm on, I'm on bottom surgery with this guy. So I go and I sit in the waiting room and then I go in. It's really cute. They have like a little, like a thing on the wall that says like, you know, like basically they're trans friendly. It was really cute. It was like, like very, I was greeted by a trans woman who was like, consulting with me and then I actually saw the actual doctor and it was like a very like genuinely like nice process and then I get there and the doctor was like so all you want is bottom surgery and I was like yeah like all I want is bottom surgery now like I don't I don't need anything in the future and then I told him what insurance I had and he was like oh we can do we can get through any type of loopholes with your insurance like we can get you breast augmentation we can get you FFS we can get it all written off and I'll do it all in one day and I'm like, wait, wait, what? And he was like, next time I see you, you're going to look completely different. Go inside this other room, take off your shirt and have them take pictures of your breasts because next time you see your breasts, they're going to look completely different. And I'm just like, wait, wait, what? I, I just was, I'm just here for bottom surgery. And then he was just like, he was going off like, yeah, like I can, I'm seeing your face and, and we can, we can definitely like, you know, you look really beautiful, but like we can shave down that brow bone, you know, change your hairline, like, you know, change up your nose, make you like more fa-. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not, I don't want to leave here being like completely like, cause you know, I, I hadn't thought of my face um, and like getting surgery. I hadn't thought of breast implants. I was just completely thinking of bottom surgery because it was a big thing that I've always wanted my entire life. It was something that caused me the most dysphoria, I would say, growing up. And, you know, it like caused, it caused me a lot of pain when it came to like understanding like me and like my sexuality and stuff like that. There was just, you know, for a time I questioned whether I was asexual or not because it was just a really difficult thing to be comfortable with. And um, any trans woman, um, even trans uh, male, they probably can describe that, especially if they go through such intense bottom dysphoria, they can tell you how like tough it can be to like understand your own sexuality and be comfortable with yourself because it can be really difficult. And so I was going in there just expecting, like wanting to talk about that, wanting to get that surgery. And then I felt like I was being sold all these other surgeries. And he was like, we'll do it all in one day. And like, it'll be like one surgery or like one like total thing and then your insurance will will make sure they'll cover it or whatever and I was like really stressed out so like I was like um, I don't know I'll have to think about it but he was like okay think about it we'll just write write it down that we're doing everything and just you know like you know if you don't want it then you can cancel it but so he just like decided for me to get all these surgeries and if, if any like trans person knows that like, getting these major surgeries are really really intense so you have to like prep and plan for them and although it was like a year, pro, like it was a year, like his his weight limit was like a year long, um, it was, still was really stressful because, you know, you like you didn't like I wasn't prepared to ask all these questions about his surgery methods for breast augmentation for FFS. I came pre prepared to ask him questions about bottom surgery, so like I wasn't I wasn't ready to talk about everything else. And so it was really scary. I, I felt really intimidated. And I canceled my first appointment because I was like, am I doing the right thing? Is he the right doctor? Um, because I was really, really scared. And then I was like, I don't know. So then I rescheduled it for the uh, the next year. And then so the next year I ended up coming around and then I called them. I'm like, no, I just want bottom surgery. I just want bottom surgery right now. If I'm going to get future surgeries, I'll get them later, but I'm not going to get everything all in one. I'm, that's my body's going to not be okay with that. And so I decided that I was just going to get bottom surgery. But then at the 
um, I think it was like a month away. I had to wait another year. And I think it was like a month before my surgery was going to come around. And um, I didn't have enough money. I started to go fund me and people did support me. But all it, it helped a lot when it came to paying for my insurance bills. And that's where like I used um, it all in was for insurance bills. But um, the cost of just being in Miami for a whole week, it was just, it was really, really just not in my budget. And so I unfortunately had to uh, cancel my appointment. And I haven't set another one yet because I'm still trying to figure out what my direction I'm going in, like if I want to do that doctor. But it's definitely a decision that I've made and that I really want. So bottom surgery is on my list. Definitely a big check for me. I want that. Um, I also would love um, breast augmentation. Like that's probably another big thing that I really want. Um, I think those two are the main ones. Um, FFS is really also important to me. Um, I just, there's certain things that I want to change. I think I, you and I are similar in that sense. I have a cowlick that's pretty bad on my my hairline and it almost looks like like a receding hairline. It looks like it's very masculine and like women have receding like hairlines where they have cowlicks. It's like, it's natural. But to me, my, my forehead looks so boxy and I really just want to round it out and make it like a more feminine feeling to it. And I want to shave down my brow bone because it is pretty harsh. Um, I, there are other like cosmetic things that aren't necessarily FFS that I'd like to do. I'd, like, I'd love Botox to reduce wrinkles. I'd love like um, my cheeks to be more sinking in. But I don't know. It's like there's just a lot of different things that like that I, I'd want to change when it comes to like my face. But I know that right now I don't have the funds, so it's not like on my priority list. I'm just kind of like, allowing hormones to do what they're doing because it has helped me a lot. Has changed a lot. A lot of the bald spots that I had, um, like the calyx, are growing like small amounts of hair, which is really really cool because I didn't expect hormones to do that. Um, but yeah, so basically all the surgeries Gage really wants. I'm I'm very similar. I want it too. But I think our order might be different in when we get them. But I think um, GRS, bottom surgery, is like my main priority. But if not, if I don't get that, then potentially maybe a breast augmentation might be the first thing. It's also cheaper, breast augmentation. So yeah. yeah. It's so scary. I was scared to go to my appointment because I was like, trying to be humble I was talking to the doctor and I was like I don't really want much just a few touch-ups like on my forehead and I was scared he was gonna be like oh honey well you need this 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 and basically just list an entire book of all the issues that are wrong with my face but luckily I think I do have a good surgeon in a sense that he didn't try to sell me on different types of surgeries or procedures that I didn't want but he was trying to sell me in order to get like more money that's something that I think a lot of people probably deal with a lot of the time just because when you are you're basically putting your trust into a certain surgeon and when they see that you're already insecure about a certain part of your body they might some of them might try to like go with it and make you get more because essentially that's their job but at the same time it's kind of shitty to yeah feed like, into their insecurities people that people need a certain thing when they don't actually want it but yeah, I agree. Uh, it's just, I think what's also important to note is that hormones really are powerful. They do a lot of changing to your face and your body and all of that. Like you were talking about your hairline. Mine, before I started hormones, was really harsh and like boxy too. But since I've been on hormones, I've started to grow baby hairs on the side of my head that have filled in a little bit of that area that I was really insecure about. Um, it's still not to the point where I'm super comfortable with it, but hormones has done that. So I think it's also important to wait if you are on hormones just to see what they can do on their own. And then after you kind of start, hit your plateau at two, two years or so, that's when you should decide whether or not you go to surgery. Because I know there are plenty of trans women out there who have big boobs just through hormones and their face completely rounds out or their hairline fills in like it just depends on the person and it might end up happening to you you just have to see how hormones affects your body yeah um yeah and i do i want to do a whole separate episode on like things we didn't really expect hormones to change because i honestly i've noticed so many differences because of it 
So yeah, if you are like thinking about getting surgeries and you're pre-HRT, um, I would definitely recommend being on HRT for a little bit because you don't know what's going to change. And like maybe you'll start loving things about yourself that you didn't before hormones. Um, but yeah, I think they're pretty amazing with what they can do. I've definitely seen a lot. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that we're, we're talking about like all this. I know it's a lot of times it can be scary. A lot of times, you know, the situation of their idea of getting surgery can be terrifying. Like for me, it was, it was really, really just really scary because, you know, I'm in a relationship where, you know, I'm comfortable and I'm happy. And it was really scary because I'm like, well, if I get bottom surgery, would that affect my relationship? Or, you know, if I get um, an FFS, you know, will people look at me the same? Will people know who I am? And like you, you start thinking all these things and it's, and it's crazy because, because yeah, people are going to like FFS isn't a drastic surgery where you're changing dramatically. It's like small, subtle things that really help feminize like how you look and bottom surgery. Obviously, if, if you're like with someone who's supportive, they're going to be supportive throughout everything. And so there's a lot of like, you know, I think that's why it's really important to have like a lot of like mental prep and seeing therapists and doctors in order to like help prepare you for, you know, the big changes because they're, they're big changes. So it can be really scary. And also I've never been put under before. And so I, I've always Neither been. Neither have I. It's, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. And so like I've never had broken a bone. I've never sprained an ankle. I've never, um, I've never had any situation where I've had. The, the worst pain I've ever gone through was laser hair removal. And Bitch. any of you, like, yeah, any of you yeah. trans people who know laser hair removal, it hurts really bad, but I'm it sure that's... fucking burn. I'm sorry for my language. It's so painful. I have to make this show um, explicit now because <laughs> the amount of times we'd be cussed on it. But no, really, like, it, it the laser hair removal is so painful. And I want kind of want to do an episode on just maybe that. Because it's yeah, like... A, like it's a... Yeah, we could do another separate episode on that. Because it's that really, like, it's such a big experience and like, a, I don't know, but yeah, it is like, that's the most pain I've ever gone through. And so that's very painful, but it lasts maybe like, maybe like 10 minutes that you're doing it, 15 minutes that you're getting it. And then maybe it's like sore for like the next day. But like, imagine getting like major surgery where you're put under and then you're sore for a whole years. So like, it's like definitely, and then having to change your, like, change your, your daily routine. And there's like a big effects that I know that I'm really scared, but at the end, I think it's worth the fight. It's worth the time and the effort put into it. And that's why I know that's why I want these surgeries. That's why I know I want to do all this stuff. And before I, you know, put it off to you, I also want to say, I was talking about the silicone injections earlier. I'm not condoning it to anyone. It is illegal. And I don't think any. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. Are you, do you have any fears about surgeries? Are you? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I've never been put under or anything like that either. Going back to the silicone injections. Yes, it is illegal and it's highly dangerous to your body, but the running theme in this podcast is that it's your body and your choice. So if you want to girl, you can go pump your ass as much as you want. No, we're not. We're not condoning this. We're not condoning it, but we're also not for legal reasons. You're we're evil. not condoning this. Okay, we're not condoning it. it. Just kidding. But if you want to, if you want to, I mean, bitch, it's your body. I don't know who you are. I can't stop you. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah. So the overall arching message of the podcast is: it's your body. If you want to do something and you've really thought it through and you think it's going to be better for you, for your mental health, your physical health, then I think you should go for it. And I know there's going to be people out there who disagree or try to persuade you not to, but at the end of the day, you have to do what you have to do to be happy. Yeah, that's. I think that's a beautiful way to just sum it up. Um, and I'm really happy that we had this discussion and we were able to talk about surgeries and go in depth into, you know, what we've wanted and, you know, want to get. And I'm really excited about the future. I'm really excited about your surgery coming up. I know all yeah. that is going to, it's going to go great and things are going to work out so great for you. Thank and at the end of the day, like, as long as you're happy and as long as you're going through, you know, what you want to be going through, then no one can stop you. No one can tell you otherwise. Yeah. And 
That's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, like I said, we have an Instagram called at girlish podcast. You can follow us on there. All of the questions that we answer at the beginning of our podcast are straight from our Instagram or our personal Instagrams. Um, and it's also just a good way for you guys to get to know us a little better. Um, we recently started a little like theme, reoccurring theme that we're going to be doing every week. Um, it's going to involve a lot of older pictures of us, which is a little cringy and a little hard to deal with. But I think it adds to the overall message of our podcast and the journey that we've been through. And I think those transformations are just really powerful. Um, so if you want to, you can head over to our Instagram to see those posts. Yeah, it was definitely hard finding old pictures, especially it puts a lot of pressure on us. And so if you want to see what we're talking about, head over to our Instagram. It's really going to, we're going to be as active as we can on it, answering as many um, DMs, you know, being as involved as we can to make sure that this podcast is, you know, just being so like into the audience and hearing what you guys have to say. And yeah. also, I forgot to give a big shout out. If you guys heard the beginning of this podcast, we have a theme song now. And yeah. it's it's really cool because I sat down with my guitar and I made a weird like little jingle. It was pretty horribly produced, to be honest. Uh, I'm not really great with production. I just have like a simple mic and I recorded a little theme song and we were going to use that. And I sent it to my friend to have his opinion. And then within like 10 minutes, he just messages me back with like this whole product, like production, this like, like almost 8-bit, like, like retro sounding, like using my lyrics, like just he like picked it apart and created this beautiful theme song. And his name is Chris, and uh, he's been a great friend of mine. We've been making music for such a long time, and I just can't believe that he was able to create some, something so amazing for us. And it's been really cool having you know support from close people because they want to see it succeed. Like my girlfriend created the logo, and I know a lot of you guys love that. And it's so cool to have you know those people in our lives that want to help us out. And I'm just really, really thankful. So if you go to our Instagram and check out our credits page, um, it'll link their social medias. And if we ever get any artwork or anything done in the future, I will 100% give you guys credit, put you in the credit section of our Instagram, give you a big shout out because we want this to be such a, like a family-based podcast. We want, you know, to support the queer, the, the trans people and um, anyone part of the community, we want it to be very family-based and we, we want to make this seem like, you know, you guys are also involved in this conversation. So yeah, if you have any artwork that you want to send us that you may want to have on our Instagram, send it over to us. We would love to put you like a shout out on our Instagram page and, and add you to our, our credits highlight. So yeah, let us know. Yeah. So shout out to Emily and Chris for your work. Thank you. And with that being said, I think that's the end of this week's episode. Again, thank you all for watching. And we will see you all next Monday with another episode. All right. Have a great one, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.